ready? Yeah. All right, welcome back to the Top 25 Motor Pod. Alongside me, as always, is my fellow Top 25 basketball basketball voter, John Warner. Johnny, how are you? Well, a little tired of being holed up here. I'm ready to get out and actually, yeah. uh, you know, cover some games. Yeah, I was out last night uh, along with, I don't know, maybe two, three hundred of my closest. <laughs> it was a small crowd at the Ferrell Center on Wednesday night. Uh, personally, I didn't think the roads were were too bad. Uh, okay. Just a little wet, maybe, but um and and certainly uh, looking outside today, it looks like things are starting to thaw. So that's good news. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, we did have some basketball last night and, and it will uh, certainly continue for this weekend. So the Big 12 men and the women are at the midway point of their conference season. Which teams do you look like the most likely uh, championship contenders uh, when you look at the rest of the season? The men's race, um, okay, Texas is 7-2. and two. Uh, Then you got four teams at 6-3, and three, Iowa State, K-State, TCU, and Kansas, and then Baylor is 5-4. and four. Uh, So anyway, I was looking at the remaining schedules, and to me, K-State – definitely has the most favorable schedule remaining. You know, you gotta, you gotta think most teams are going to win, you know, most of their home games. So road games left for K state, they're at tech at Oklahoma at Oklahoma state and at West Virginia. So that's the bottom half of the conference there. And those are games you would think they would at least split or maybe take three out of four or even win all four. So uh, I think those – I think the Wildcats definitely have the best schedule, most favorable schedule remaining. Uh, you look at Kansas, they still have five Big 12 games left, uh, road games left. And among those are Iowa State, TCU, and Texas. So that's three of the top teams. And then Texas – uh, just looking at their schedule, they've they've got to well, <laughs> this the next during the next week they go to K State and Kansas, so they may not be in in the lead anymore after that, mm. uh, <laughs> and they still have games at Baylor and TCU, so that's pretty tough. So I think it's probably going to be among those three teams. Uh, Baylor's two games back uh, of Texas right now, so. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they would have to just really get incredibly hot when, you know, eight of the last nine or something like that to, to win it, uh, to do a three-peat. Uh, but, yeah, I would say K-State in, in the men's league. Which, you know, we've talked about it before, but certainly uh, would warrant uh, Jerome Tang a lot of coach uh, <laughs> of the year consideration. Exactly. Uh, uh, you know, not just Big 12-wise, but national-wise. On the women's side, so right now, believe it or not, the uh, Texas Longhorns are the uh, sole leader of yeah. the Big 12 in the women's race. Uh, that is by virtue of a four-game winning streak for the Longhorns, but also Iowa State got upset last night, Wednesday night, in a, in the women's game by a point uh, to K-State. That was a little surprising. 
but it also speaks to something we've talked a lot about, you know, this season. And I think that's the parody within mm-hmm. the Big 12 conference, both on the women's side and on the men's side. I think they tend to beat up on each other. <clears throat> as far as uh, you know, who the the contender is looking like, I mean, so like I said, Texas is sitting there at eight and two. Texas was a preseason top 10 team. And then, you know, they've really been up and down since some of that is injury related as we, you know, heard from uh, Danny Davis last week on our pod, but uh, you know, they are healthy, healthier. Now they still have a player they lost, uh, you know, way back in November, but uh, so, you know, the, the Longhorns are looking strong, but they still have to go to Iowa state and to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And those are the two teams that are uh, right behind them, a game behind them in the Big 12 standings. To me, I kind of like the Cyclones as probably the the top contender. They're the top ranked team in the Big 12 right now at 12th in the country. The The loss last night was certainly surprising to K-State. Um, they, they really need Ashley Jones, who's, you know, arguably the best all-around player in the Big 12 to, to be that for them on a nightly basis. Uh, but they have some other players too that have to step up. But, um, you know, I, I think Iowa State, just based on the schedule, um, you know, can Baylor sneak in there? You know, one thing I'll say about Baylor, they're going to have to have a consistently great to elite defensive night uh, pretty much every night because they're so streaky as shooters. Uh, this is a right. very streak shooting Baylor team. Um, and that that much isn't going to change. They're going to have cold streaks. They're going to have hot streaks. They had both last night, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, they, they yeah. had uh, a really bad shooting first half, and then they hit their first seven shots of the third quarter, you know. I mean, uh, so that's just the way they go. They're up and they're down offensively. But if they can get – uh, really great defense and keep themselves in games. They've got a, a a fighter's chance. I mean, an outside, maybe a puncher's chance at a, at a big 12 championship, which would of course extend that streak that they're on to 13 games. We'll see. Uh, but I would say today, Iowa state's looking like the, the team I would put at the, you know, the top contender spot. So uh, as far as the men go, obviously it's the best league in the country. We know that. Um, I think, you know, the SEC got a little taste of that last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you got six teams ranked in the top 15 in the country. Um, but with such parity in the league, with all these teams likely to continue to beat up on one another, does that um, – hurt the big 12's chances in terms of getting a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think it definitely does. Um, And I think if the big 12 does get a one seed, it's probably going to be the number four one seed. So, uh, but yeah, just looking at the top 25 or or the top five teams in the country right now, you got Purdue uh, number one. I think it's highly likely they'll get one. Mm -hmm. They're 21 and one so far. Uh, I think in the SEC, I think we'll probably get one of those. It'll probably either be Tennessee or Alabama. They're both in the top four this week. 
I think Houston will almost uh, uh, assuredly get a top four seed because their league isn't as strong. They're 20 and two. Uh, they've been in the top five pretty much all year. They've been number one for a few weeks. So I think they'll get one. And then that four spot, I think, is going to come down between uh, Arizona from the Pac-12, Virginia from the ACC, or a Big 12 team, Mm -hmm. which I think will most likely, you know, like we talked before, either be K-State, Kansas, or Texas. Um, You know, uh, when the committee meets, I think they'll, they're going to look at the strength of the big 12 schedule and probably try really hard to make the big 12, one of those top four seeds, um, number one seeds, just because the league is so good and they'll see that they've been beating up on each other. So I think, I I think they're going to get one at the end of the year, but you know, it's going to probably go down to, the last few games. It would not did. surprise me to see the big 12 champ on the two line. Uh, right. It really wouldn't. And um, I think here's, here's where I think it would really help the big 12 champion in terms of getting a one seed. Mm-hmm. If, if that regular season champion is then uh, able to go to Kansas city and finish it off with a tournament championship, uh, I would say it would be hard to leave that team off the one line. You know, yeah, that's a good point, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, if K State wins the regular season and wins the tournament, you know, <laughs> they're they're the team. Same for Kansas. Same for Texas. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But uh, that's not easy to do either. You know, it rare. It seems like it rarely happens where uh, you know the regular season champ repeats as the tournament champ so right yeah we'll see how that plays out but that that would be hard to hard to beat um so you know i got to i get to see sarah andrews on a nightly basis you Mm -hmm. you you know you've watched these women as well um she's having a tremendous year for baylor ranks in the top five in the big 12 in scoring assists and three-point percentage you think she might be the best guard in the Big 12? Uh, you know, all around, I think so. Uh, I mean, I haven't watched as much as you, but, you know, every time I turn on the TV, she's making a basket or uh, firing a really good pass to somebody. And, uh, yeah, you just look at her stats. I mean, those are pretty solid. <laughs> you know, top three. And, you know, those are basically the, the guard, you know, categories. That, those three, those three, and uh, yeah, and I think she makes a lot of clutch baskets too. Yeah, so here's a couple things I'll say about Sarah. First of all, I love her energy. So she is one of these players, John. I mean, you've covered players like this that you just love to interview because first of all, she walks into the interview room every time. I mean, usually <laughs> win or loss. Uh, just like, hey, what's up? You know, hey. she, I mean, that's just like she's bringing the party, right? Yeah, uh, that's just her personality, and it's very infectious, and we love it. We love to talk to Sarah. Um, as far as Sarah on the court, uh, so I saw this play out last night. Um, first half, Baylor's kind of struggling offensively. I mean, and it wasn't even just the shooting. 
uh, it was just some convoluted, you know, trying to get shots sometimes. Um, they had just some possessions where it was looking like they were, you know, struggling to get a, even a good look. And then they put the ball in Sarah's hands and boom, boom, step back, jump shot, you know. And mm. that's the thing about Sarah is she is so creative as a, as a shooter that she can she can create her own shot, whereas other players on that team may not have that ability. But her ball handling, um, she had eight assists last night, 22 points. Um, she's averaging just under 20 in Big 12 play, which is really good. Um, there's there's other good guards in the league, no question. Uh, Bree Amber Scott from Texas Tech uh, leads the conference in scoring. Um, but she's a very different kind of guard to me. I think she could be classified as a forward. She mm-hmm. plays a little bit more um, in the paint. Um, Sarah, to me, in terms of scoring, facilitating, ball handling, I think you can make the case that she's she's certainly uh, – if not the best guard in the Big 12, right up there. And it's going to be fun to watch. Now, I will also say they they don't need to have – like Sarah's had some 30-point games, which is fine. I mean, obviously she's going to have nights where she goes off. Baylor's at its best when they have four to six players in double figures. Right. You know, that's their game. And Nikki Nikki has said it, you know – Sarah can be Sarah, but we need, you know, we need balance. Um, And, you know, in their wins, they've had it. In their losses, they haven't. I mean, so, uh, you know, they they basically would rather have Sarah score 22 and have three or four other players in double figures than have her score 35 and have one other player in double figures. So they need that balance. Um. So it's basketball season, but the football schedules were announced uh, this week for the Big 12 for 2023. Um, And, of course, we have some new additions to the league coming this fall. Um, So when you look at the men's side of this and these, uh, you know, schools that are coming in with BYU, Cincy, UCF, Houston, is it is it a stronger league, you know, basketball wise? Well, okay, <laughs> you add Houston, that definitely makes it stronger. <laughs> sure, I mean, they're number three in the country. They're twenty and two. Now the other three are, I would say, they're good this year, but not real good. Uh, Cincinnati is fifteen and eight. UCF is thirteen and eight. BYU is fourteen and ten. So, you know, they're having okay years, not great. Uh, I I don't know from top to bottom if it will be as good. Mm. Now, the top, <laughs> you're at Houston, that's that's a big addition. Yeah. Now, the, the one thing that makes a Big 12 so good is the, the bottom teams are, are still really good, even though their records may not show it. Uh I'm not sure if Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, just judging on this year, if the league, you know, uh, as an as an entire league, will be quite as good as this year. Yeah. It's kind of hard to be to get better than it is this year, because I mean, it's 
by far, to me, the best league in the country, top to bottom. Yeah, and as far as the women goes, I would say uh, they don't have a Houston in terms of they don't have a team like that where they're adding a top five, top ten team in the country. None of the four women's teams that will be joining the Big 12 are ranked. I would say BYU is probably the best of those programs. Um the others, uh, Houston, Cincy, UCF. I think Houston's like five and three in the American Conference this year. Uh, the other two, Cincy and UCF, are kind of at the bottom of that league. Um, so it's not just overwhelmingly strong additions on the women's basketball side. I would say BYU is a good program and, and more often than not has pretty good teams. Mm-hmm. And it will be interesting to see, you know, just as these teams get in the Big 12, if their recruiting improves, uh, you know, if they make some upgrades to try to, you know, keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. Um, and it'll also be interesting to me. Don't you feel like the Big 12 has a very um, distinct feel to it? Uh, like on the women's side, it's a very, very physical league. Um and when you bring four new teams in, you just wonder, you know, uh, will they bring a new element to the league? Will they have to adjust to the style of the Big 12? I mean, I think it's going to continue to be a physical league. The other thing on the women's side, and I don't know, you know, you can speak to this on the men's, but uh, in the in the women's side, you have a, a lot of teams that do different things. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody runs the same stuff. You know, um, you have some teams that are more post oriented, some teams that are more guard oriented. Obviously, everybody shoots threes nowadays, but uh, for some teams, that's a bigger part of their offense than others. So um, that's what's kind of unique. I mean, about the Big Twelve is that all the different looks you get. Um, and so, uh, you know, in that sense, you know, these four new teams can kind of be whoever they want to a certain extent. Now, like I said, the physical nature of the Big 12 may be a little eye opening to them. I bet it's I bet it's a little more physical than the uh, American. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another thing you got to consider, uh, it's not going to be a double round robin anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not going to have 26 conference games. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so there's going to be, you know, some questions asked. I mean, there's well, right now the, the, the winner, you know, they played everybody twice. So you can't really question, you know, if they're deserving of it next year, it's not going to be that way. Uh, there's going to be some questions about who's playing the tougher schedule, all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there, there will be a lot, a lot more going into it, I think, uh, with the expanded league. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, once Texas and OU leave, I, you know, you still couldn't play a, uh, what would it be, a 22-game schedule? I don't, I don't think that would work. No. <laughs> That's a lot of conference games. Sure, it is. So, yeah, that's that's the downside of, you know, and, and I, I wouldn't even say that this is a, a super conference in terms of, uh, you know, I think when people think of a super conference, you're thinking of 16 teams or more. Right. Um, which gets really unwieldy. 
but uh, yeah. but that may be where we're headed eventually. And of course, one thing you know, and we can talk about this more probably on a future podcast. But you know, the idea of Gonzaga has been thrown out. Uh, <laughs> you talk about getting the basketball league t- better. Holy crap! Yeah, there there might be some teams that don't want to play basketball anymore. <laughs> if you had Gonzaga, eh, I don't know. This is, I don't know if we're going to win many games. <laughs> we're going to go football only. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. We'll see, man. I tell you, you get the Zags in there with, with uh, Kansas and Baylor and Houston. Oh my gosh. And, uh, yeah. That would be, uh, that'd be something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting certainly to see, uh, from all perspectives, all sports, really, you know, what these new four uh, teams bring, you know, I think, you know, we've talked about it before, but I think among the free agents out there uh, in terms of uh, schools looking to go to different conferences, I think they did pretty well, you know, and and certainly um, it really comes to the forefront in football. That's, that's where these four programs have been better. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, let's see. Baylor men have Texas Tech this weekend. Yeah, noon Saturday. Yeah. And the women, meanwhile, will play uh, the aforementioned Iowa State. Uh, that, you know, that's going to be a tough game. They got to go two aims, and no. uh, the Cyclones are coming off of a loss. Yee. Oh, yeah. yeah they'll, they'll probably be fired up, but, um, you know, I mean, it's the Big 12. Anything can happen. So we'll see what does happen. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. See you, Bryce. All right.